that little Italian grandma taught me how to remember everything anywhere at any time. Yep, stay tuned because you can learn too. Welcome to Doing It Best with Elder Care Success, where we explore ways to relieve the stress, exhaustion, and overwhelm that we all face in caring for an aging parent, frail spouse, or partner. Fear, frustration, emotional and financial strain does not have to be your MO. Stay tuned as we dive into different and new ways of finding more joy together with those that we love and care for and while keeping our feet solid on the ground. Hang tight, there is a better road ahead. Hey everybody, it's Nancy May from Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. And you know, this is a really interesting show. We're we're kind of focused today on not those that we're taking care of, but ourselves. And of course, as we're taking care of mom or dad or or spouse or partner, we should be focused on ourselves as well. But this one's a little a little different. Different in that when stress hits us, if you're caring for somebody, it's typically every day and every night and like you're freaked out and I don't know about you, but I go to bed like grinding my teeth and like TMI, I'm not going to tell you where that goes, but (laughs) my dentist knows. And sometimes our memory goes, you know, the fridge and you think like, oh my God, I've just stuck my finger in an outlet and I'm the one with the cognitive issues, not mom, not dad or anybody else. And I am losing it. And I'm going to be the next one to go or the first one to go before they do. So we have with us today the maestro of memory, the maestro method, Matt DeMeo. And Matt is a genius on this level, not just because of what he does, but he's a teacher, he's an educator, and he does all sort of those Zig Ziglar tricks that, you know, you probably heard about in years past on like, how do you remember a thousand names in a room or just sometimes remembering the dog's name (laughs) when you're having a bad day, right, Matt? And so we're going to dive into some tricks that can actually, well, neither not really tricks, but they're techniques to help us when we're having really rough days. And how do you sort of remember things so that we don't get overly stressed out? Now I'm going to do a quick caveat. See, Matt is not only an expert in this area and a teacher on this, but his mom had Alzheimer's. So he knows firsthand what it's like to be really like walking on thin ice emotionally, physically, financially, just personally, just everything is stressed out. So with that, welcome, Matt. Thank you, Nancy. I'm glad you're here. I'm happy to be here too. This is exciting to be able to have an opportunity to speak to people that really have an important calling. And you made a really great point at the beginning. You know, it's one thing to be able to care for other people, and that's a a very important thing. But the first person that you have to care for is yourself if you are going to be able to provide excellent care to others. Because when you're not feeling in control or complete or up to the task, then not only you suffer, but the person that you're taking care of does as well. You know, you're absolutely right. And I've had one of those days today. In fact, I did a post in the Facebook group and I just said, you know, I screwed up. And I was I was out at the bank and I tried not to like verbally abuse the teller. <laughs> it's like, Nancy, be nice. 
just chill out, have a, you know, just take a deep breath. It's not her fault that you can't get things working on their platform back at your desk, your home office desk. It's, it's okay, you know, and she was kind enough not to charge me $5 a page to print something out that I was trying to get. So a smile goes a long way. And on the, the point of memory, I just reminded myself and remembered, just be nice, Nance, chill out. It's okay. So on that point, let's talk a little bit about your own journey and some of the things that you dealt with, even with your mom, because I'm presuming that the, the memory issues when she had Alzheimer's, you, you probably tapped into some of your own techniques to remember things when you were going through that stressful yeah. time as uh, well. It's interesting because this month marks the 11th anniversary of my mom's passing from Alzheimer's. It was uh-huh. just a little, little bit before Thanksgiving that she finally succumbed to her illness. But the way, you know, mothers and sons can be sometimes, mom was very resistant to anything that I would try and teach her. (laughs) You know, it's not different with daughters, so we're fine. So um, (laughs) what do they say? You can't be a prophet in your own backyard. (laughs) I haven't heard that uh, one. Even Jesus had to leave his hometown. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. That's pretty um, funny. I, I have really good news for your listeners. And that is that you're better off than you realize. There are some really easy, simple things that you can do to have stuff stay in your head better, for you to be able to recall things better. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to kind of jump right into that. And I want to make it clear that what I'm going to be talking about is not the sort of thing that's going to benefit people that actually have an organic illness. So somebody with severe mental trauma or a severe sickness, what I'm going to talk about is really not geared towards those people because that's that's a completely different regimen. Even though my initials are MD, Matt DeMaio, I am not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I I, I get it because what we're talking about really is when stress factors hit and just the the ability for us to normally recall things when we're healthy and that's it's it's memory it's there memory techniques that i mean today i went this morning early this morning i went out to the grocery store in the bank and forgot the milk and i uh, still we're had going the list to with cover me. stuff like that that are really common so let, let me begin Great. by uh, by providing a level of comfort and some real specific information on what causes you to have a bad memory. What causes somebody to think they have a bad memory? I call it the three causes of forgettery. Everybody wants to talk about memory. I want to address the three causes of forgettery, why you forget stuff. All right, so the first reason is that you never really got the information in the first place. You have to be able to capture the information. So, for example, you're at a a cocktail party. Here we are at the holiday time of the year. You're going to be meeting all sorts of new people. And a lot of times people have problems recalling each other's names. Well, a big part of that is that you didn't get the name to begin with. So you have to pay close attention. You know, my, my belated little Italian grandmother taught me the secret to how to learn everything and anything faster and easier and remember it forever. And she told it to me in just two words. So anytime you can teach something as big of a deal 
as how to learn anything and everything faster and better and remember it forever and do it in only two words, those are a really important two words to know. Would you agree? Absolutely. So here's grandma's two-word mantra on how to learn anything and everything faster and better and remember it forever. Here it is. A pay attention. All right, I already forgot what that was. <laughs> a pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> you know, and what happens is a lot of people go through life being oblivious. They are just simply not paying attention. And so that's the first thing. If you simply pay more attention to stuff, then you're going to be able to retain it. Because if you don't get it, you can't keep it. To forget is to not get. Just the same way the word to forego is to not go there. Uh, oh, I'm going to forego that idea. Oh, I, I ain't going there. You want to be able to get the information. So I kind of call that learning to be linear a little bit too, especially in today's day and age when things are all over the place because where our attention is, is directed in five different areas at once. And just sometimes you need to put the blinders on and say, Focus on one thing at a time, one foot in front of There's the other. There's that word correct? again, attention. You know, you got to focus, yep. attention. Absolutely. So uh, rule number one, pay attention. You have to get it if you want to keep it. Rule number two, the second cause of forgettery is that you don't care. Now, if I'm allowed to mm. read some people's minds, they go, but Matt, I care. I do care. Well, there's caring and then there's caring enough to actually do something about it. For example... Good Some point. of your listeners have certainly had the experience where their spouse may be um, a fan of a particular sport, let's say, and, you know, your husband, he can name every player on his favorite uh, sports team and all their statistics and yet can't remember the wedding anniversary. It's, it's not like you don't have the ability to do it. It's that, that you just don't care enough about it. Did your mom or your teacher right. ever wag their finger at you? and say, oh, you can only remember what you want to remember. Well, guess what? That's exactly how it works. You remember better what you want to remember. And so you have to bring a level of desire to the table that, yes, this is important to me. Yes, I, I am going to remember this. But the third cause of forgettery makes the first two causes look small. This is really mm. where the rubber meets the road. And the third cause of forgettery is that you don't believe. And what Ooh, is it that you don't believe? You don't believe you have a truly excellent memory right now. I'll hear people uh, bringing themselves down and, and talking negatively to themselves and saying, oh, my memory is terrible. I have a lousy memory. I'm so forgetful. Oh, I must be getting the Alzheimer's like some of my, my patients or, well, saying those things is not the result of a bad memory. That is a big part of the cause. Because if, you, if your attitude is, I can't do it anyway, then why would you bother to try and get it? You've already set yourself why up would you for bother failure, to right? Care? Uh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly Absolutely. what you said. You're setting yourself up for failure because if your attitude is, I'm no good at this and I can't do it anyway, then you won't even bother to try to help remember. You know, there's been studies on children and how parents will tell one child how they're going to be successful and they succeed in how good they are. And they may tell another child 
that or teacher that they're never going to amount to anything. They can't do something. And just the the ability to hear that from somebody else, like you said, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if it happens at children, I mean, what happens when we tell ourselves that? It gets even worse, right? We live those words that we tell ourselves. And to your point, I actually applied that technique of talking to my daughter when she was really little, and I helped implant in her a self-image. So here she was just learning how to communicate verbally. So she was really little, two, three years old. And we had just finished watching a cartoon show on TV, and I turned to her and I said, you know, sweetie, you were born with a superpower. And my wife is in the next room rolling her eyes at the ceiling going, oh my gosh, here he goes again. <laughs> What's he up to now? <laughs> I said, you, you were born with a real superpower. You can't, you know, fly, you can't lift up cars, but you were born with the most important power of all. You learn things fast. And just like how you were born with brown hair and you were born with brown eyes, you didn't do anything to earn those things. You didn't do anything to have brown hair or brown eyes. That was just the way God made you. And so you are one of those people that just learns things fast. And now to a two-year-old or three-year-old, this meant nothing. However, right. when she was first learning how to make her bed, I said, look, see, look how fast you learned how to do that. Fast forward one day, I'm, I'm teaching her how to ride her little uh, two-wheel bicycle without the training wheels for the very first time. And I was explaining to her exactly what was going to happen. And as I'm unbolting the, the uh, training wheels, kneeling down next to the bicycle, we're out in the parking lot. And I said, uh, all right, uh, I'm going to trot alongside of you. Daddy's going to have his hand on your back. And then I'm going to say, ready, set, go. And you're going to pedal as fast as your little legs can go. And I'm going to give you a gentle push. And, but here's what might happen. You might fall down, you might skin your knee, you might even bleed, and then you're gonna come running back to me crying, and I'm gonna give you a hug and a kiss your boo-boo, and then we're gonna do it again. And that's when the magic happened. She said, don't worry about me, Daddy. You know me. I learn things fast. My daughter is Whoa. now 22, she's, in a, she's a senior at Florida State University. Everything that she's ever put her hand to, anything that she's ever attempted, have been a breeze for her all of the different little projects. And I don't want to be bragging on my kid, but the point that I'm making is the words that you speak into other people, yes, they're important. And you've got to be careful about the words you speak into your own self because you wind up living up to your own expectations. So now getting back to the, the matter at hand, and that is if you simply pay attention and make sure you get the information, and then number two, you actually care about the information. And number three, you stop talking negatively to yourself and be a little more encouraging to yourself. You don't need to say things like, oh, I've got a perfect memory, because you're not going to believe that either. But you can say things like, I'm going to remember that. I will get that. I'm going to remember you when you're meeting somebody new and so on. And I want to address yep. the subject of forgetfulness in a moment, because you talked about a real life experience where you were running some errands you knew you had some stuff to do, and even though you had a list, there were things on your list that you didn't bring home with you. So I want to give your audience a, a solution to simple, simple problems like that. For example, you put down your keys, your wallet, your eyeglasses, 
and then you have to play treasure hunt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, been you there, park done your that. Car right? in a parking lot, and then you later on you come out of the store and fly into a panic because you don't know where you parked. <laughs> and, and my little beeper on around my on my keys beep. doesn't <laughs> loud enough. I'm too far away from the car. I can't so find I have it. <laughs> practical solutions for those kind of things. But before I I cover that, I wanted to you know flip it back to you for any other comments or whatever. This is great because we're talking about caring enough, focus, put your attention on the particular issue at, at hand so that you're focused and, and you're paying attention, having in, attention and intention to do both things. And then also giving ourselves a little, a little leeway, you know, a little gentleness to say, we're good, we're okay, just we're having a difficult day, it's all right, just try and take that edge off take a deep breath, let it out slowly, and then focus on what it is that you need to do and what you need to remember so that the rest of the stressors don't make things even worse in the forgettery methods. <laughs> Nancy, <laughs> right? you made some really good points. So you want to speak encouragingly to yourself, and that'll translate into speaking encouragingly to the people you're taking care of. Not oh, to so give important. people artificial praise or blow smoke up their butt, but to catch them doing something right. And, you know, they, they call it a second childhood for a reason, because you, you go back to that really open, malleable state, just like you were when you were a, a, a toddler. And speaking encouragingly to somebody will really reach a, di a deeper part of them, just like it did with my daughter, telling her she learned things fast, and then every time she learned a new task or every time she did a little new thing, I would catch her doing something right, point it out to her, and now that served as an example of, oh yeah, I guess I do learn things fast. That will work for elders as well. When they do recall something, you go, hey, look, Fred, Mary, look, you remembered. Good for you. We all love to be praised, right? It doesn't matter and what age so we rare. are. And it's so rare. Everybody looking to criticize. Everybody looking to catch you doing something wrong. The world is full of that. We don't need more of that. You know. Let's catch ourselves doing something catch right, doing right? doing <laughs> something right. Exactly. Ourselves and By the way, let, 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 so, let, let's talk about that. You, when you leave the house... And you, and you left the phone uh, on your desk and then you have to go back to get your phone or your keys or something. Don't say, I forgot my phone because the truth is, oh, I remembered I got to go get my phone. I just say, oh, I can get a few extra steps in on my, uh, on my day, right? <laughs> so that's my thing. I didn't get but the you extra didn't forget. Exercise. You walked out the door without it, but then you remembered to go back to get it. So don't say, oh, I forgot my phone. Just go, hold it. I remembered my phone. Simple little things like that. It's the old, the old edge. You can turn a frown upside down as a smile, there you go. right? <laughs> Would it be okay if I talk about solving, you know, common, like, you know, forgettery type problem, you know, forgetfulness? Yeah, please, you know, give me the techniques to, the to do that. to all memory retention, the way your maker built you, is there are two steps. Here's what the process is. Number one, what you do inside your head is you convert a thought 
into an image of some sort. So the greatest power human beings are blessed with is imagination. Mm. Imagination is the source of all creation. Things first exist as a picture of some sort in your head. The second thing is connection. Now, you'll hear a lot of people talk about association. Now, if association were actually a good word to use, more people would be able to use it effectively. But association doesn't really mean anything to you. But the word connection is easy to picture. If you have kids, it's like building Legos. Or, Nancy, when you and I were little, we had Tinker Toys. Or connection with mom and dad who are sitting there and having a difficult time the getting up. The connection is you're connecting chair. something brand new to something you already know. So the process of okay. connecting things together is what happens inside your head. It's like building with Legos or building with Tinker Toys. So the give whole me an process example. Is make a picture and connect it to what you want to know. Earlier, we, you were talking about reminders. If we think about the word reminder, re means again and mind. So you're putting something in your mind again to re-mind. So we use these words without really analyzing them. So just like the old idea of putting a, tying a string around your finger is supposed to remind you. Now, yep. why? The string has absolutely nothing to do with what it is you're actually trying to remember. Some people will put an elastic band around their wrist. And snap their bands, right, to make it hurt. It's like, oh, it makes it even worse. And the elastic band has absolutely nothing to do with remembering that gallon of milk that you're supposed to buy. So it is there as a reminder. You go, oh, you see it, and you go, why is that there? Oh, yeah, that's right. So what happened was your mind had these pictures, and you're starting to connect it together. All right, so now I'm going to give you an idea about how to make a list of things. So you normally go to the supermarket or you're going okay. shopping, and you've got your list of errands, and you've got your list of stuff that you want to bring. And as you're driving to the store, you think of three or four more things that you want to re- remember to bring, but they're not on your list. And because you're driving, you can't take the time to stop and write them down. Now, you're focused on your list while you're in the store, and then sometimes you'll wind up leaving the store, and then those four other items that you had thought of in the car, you remember you left the store, and you, and you didn't ne- never pick them up. So here's what you do. You need a place to put the things you want to remember. So I'm going to give you a mental filing system. The easiest filing system to use, we're going to have designated places that everybody can relate to. So the very first place Mm -hmm. is the top of your head. The second place is your ears. You have one head, two ears. The third place is your eyebrows. For some people with prominent eyebrows, if you turned them sideways, you can maybe kind of see a number three. <laughs> number four is your eyes. You and I both wear glasses. What do they call people who wear glasses? Four eyes. Number so five is sets. your nose. So, so we've got the top of your head is one. Your ears are two. Your eyebrows are three. Your eyes are four. Your nose is five. Now, we're going to do more later. But let's just start with those five places. Okay. So... Let's say that you do need to remember to pick up some milk. It was not on your list, and all of a sudden you want to remember to pick up some milk. And then you say, you know, also, 
I need to get, uh, uh, give, me, give me another item that you, that you went shopping for. Um, I went shopping for, for panko what? crumbs. Panko, panko, bread like crumbs. bread okay. crumbs. Is that panko the brand name? It's, it's, a, it's a panko, it's a type of okay. um, material. Bread I guess, crumbs, that they okay. Use. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> learned a new thing. What, what, see, uh, the, the teacher becomes the student. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then let's say that you also need to pick up um, some yogurt. yogurt. I need to pick uh, up some yogurt. And, um, and, and maybe some coffee. All right, so now we've yep. got four things. Now, remember, we've got five places to put them. Now, in your imagination, right. see yourself walking through the store, balancing a gallon jug of milk on your head. Now, if you saw somebody walking through the supermarket, and they actually were balancing a gallon of milk on their head. Would you remember that tomorrow? Uh, yeah, here in the States. Would you remember it a week would. from now? <laughs> Gee, a week ago, I was in the supermarket, and some, some nudnik was... As weird as thing Why happened, would you remember that? Right? Because it's, an, it's a, a clear, outstanding image, and it's odd. So, the milk on top of your head, if, if you imagine that, and you make it a clear picture in your head, when you're in the supermarket and you've completed your list, now you're going to go and you're going to look at in your remembering places. Hey, did I have anything on my head? Oh, yeah, I put the gallon of milk up there. Now, I can't picture what the, what the breadcrumbs or the panko breadcrumbs look like, but, but, but let's say that you filled up your ears with these, with these breadcrumbs and then you needed a Q-tip and you're turning your head sideways and these breadcrumbs are falling out. And if you turned your head sideways and breadcrumbs were falling out, would you remember that tomorrow? Darn tootin'. I would probably remember it saying, ouch, that was uncomfortable. The yogurt. Absolutely. Instead of taking the yogurt and putting it on the eyebrows, let's do something. Let's flip it around and say, all right, you open up your, your, your container of yogurt and inside the container of yogurt, you see these big, bushy, caterpillar-looking eyebrows in your... You would go, yuck! And that's a pretty clear picture, right? Ew, and now, and a cup of yeah. coffee. All right, so you've got your cup of coffee. I've got my cup of coffee right here. And if I looked inside my cup of coffee and saw eyeballs staring back at me, or this would be painful, somebody splashing you in the eyes with some hot coffee. Ooh, ouch, ee. Ooh. All right, so what did you have on top of your head? And the, in the ears, you had the... The panko and then where were the eyebrows? The eyebrows were disgusting. In the yogurt. In the yogurt. And then in your eyes, we splashed <laughs> it with the... Uh, so so now, now when you're in the supermarket, <laughs> after you're done with your list, you say, was there anything else I was supposed to get while I was here? Let me look. Yeah, was there anything I was supposed to clean off Let my face? Let me look <laughs> in my remembering places. And that's what I... So, by the way, this concept of putting things away in a place is just what you do with your computer. It's just what yep. you do in an office. And so I'll give you an example. So we're, de we're dealing with, with people that are, that are uh, you know, medical or they're dealing with, uh, you know, elder care. And so you go into your doctor's office at, for your appointment and the doctor or the, the assistant, the nurse uh, practitioner is able to find your medical file without any issue. And let's talk about paper files for, okay. uh, to, be, to begin with. 
Find your paper medical file without any problem. However, if you went into a different doctor's office and they took you into their filing room and that what this really lazy, disorganized doctor did was take every patient's medical file and instead of putting it alphabetically into filing cabinets, took it and threw everything into a big pile in the center of the room. Well, it's not like the information is not there. Your file is in that pile somewhere. Good luck trying to find right. it. So it's not like the information is not there. You just can't access it when you need it. So what does the doctor do? Instead of just doing being lazy and taking that information and throwing it into a big pile, the doctor and the people that work in that office take an extra moment. This is where the care comes in. You have to care enough to do something about it. And what they do is they take care with that file to put it in a place where they can find it when they need it. And so when you go into that doctor's office, you're dealing with the file and not the pile. So this is why it's re easy to remember stuff that happened recently to you, but harder to remember things that happened a while ago. Because mentally, unless you're filing things away, the new stuff gets thrown on top of the pile. Well, the stuff on top of the pile is easy to access. It's the stuff that's buried a day or two or a week down in the pile that becomes harder to find. However, if you took the stuff and put it away in an organized fashion, it, you'd be able to find it. This is what you do with your computer when you're setting up filing. This is what you do with paper files for your bills or what, this is what you're doing in your real life anyway. But most people have never been taught that they can do this inside their own head. Now, I teach a variety of these different filing systems. In fact, here are ways that you eliminate forgettery. How do you always find your keys, your wallet, your eyeglasses? And by the way, eliminating that as a problem is not just something to make you feel better. If you're late for appointments because you can't find your keys, and then you finally show up and, you're, and your excuse is, I couldn't find my keys, you look like a big dummy. Well, and on top of it, the, your own stress level goes up significantly. You're trying to take care of mom or dad or, or your spouse, whoever you're overseeing. You're like in a, in a tizzy because you forgot things and you're running back in, but you remembered something because <laughs> you went back into the house to get it. But your, your level of organization is, you know, and so you look butt. down on yourself, you think less of yourself, your stress level is higher, which reduces right. your ability to be a good performer. Other people look at you as being less than reliable. And so, and they get agitated, right? I mean, the, your stress level is just transferred so being to them as a well. A little bit more mentally organized can help you feel better about yourself can help you give better patient care, can help you with the relationships that you have with others, can help you with your business relationship, will help with your reputation. So I'm not talking about little stuff here. The impact of what you're talking about is huge on our lives. The process of organization in these folders or components in your head, your filing system is fairly easy. I mean, the concept is fairly easy. It's then putting it into practice so that it becomes part of a habit, an enjoyable habit, so that the rest of your life and your caring days just 
is is better for you and, and the people that you're caring Absolutely. for as well. And there's other stuff that we're forced to remember. Numerical information. There is a massive yep. amount of numerical information. So how many of these tablets per day? Or what is the particular dosage? Or what was that highway number? Or what is the house number or the apartment number? Or, or the date a, on the calendar, dates, right? times. We are faced with just an unbelievable amount of numerical information. When I teach business people, you know, for them, we're talking about profit and loss numbers. We're talking about inventory items. We're talking right. about statistical information on their competition. And so school tells you what to learn, but rarely do they teach you how to learn it. So I love these approaches, Matt. And quite frankly, the energy that you bring into this conversation, it's uplifting, you know, it's, which, which is, we all need this that. This is a fun and, topic. Right? It is a fun topic. And when we're dealing with so much day in and day out and thinking, oh my God, you know, mom's fallen, dad's fallen. I don't know what to do. You know, we got to call the hospital. I got to call the doctor, I, you know, or everything is good. And what the heck am I going to cook for dinner? Th that kind of stuff. It's just the simple pressures of life and and just work because it all collides at once and becomes this big sort of atomic bomb, I call it, the atomic caregiver bomb. And then our lives become even more frazzled and more exhausted. And they say that 40% of caregivers actually die before the person that they care for, predominantly because of stress and That's a startling their own number. If we could just, just take this one simple component to take... Uh, this memory alone, remembering things, would take probably about 30% of you the know, age off. One of the things I'm that you guess. just mentioned was all of the tasks that somebody needs to remember. Well, using the same technique that we did with the milk and the breadcrumbs, you can use that exact same technique to remember lists of tasks. Now, one of the things that mm -hmm. I do is I give you a lot of different frameworks. So very easy for the body. So just I'll give you the, the, the ones of the first 10 for the body. So the top of your head is number one, your ears are number two, your eyebrows are number three, your eyes are number four, your nose is number five. All we're gonna do from there is count down your face. So that would, if, so if your nose is five, your mouth would be six. Your chin mm -hmm. would be seven. Your throat right. would be eight. If you ate it and it got stuck, where would it be? So, <laughs> so if you <laughs> ate it, it would be stuck in your throat. Number nine is your arms, and number 10 is your fingers. Why do you suppose I use 10 for fingers? <laughs> right? Yeah, well, duh, and toes, right? Well, we're not all the way down there yet, but you can, you can assign okay. different parts of your own anatomy to the different numbers. Now, because this show is rated PG, we're not going to get into <laughs> naming all the other parts, but you could. <laughs> Or but MD. You, you certainly <laughs> could. So, so what I've just done now is I've given you 10 places. And I don't think right. we have time, but I, I can give your audience a, an easy 10 more that's kind of fun that will also help with arithmetic. By the way, if any of your uh, viewers have little kids where they're learning the, the, uh, the times tables, you know, the, the math times tables, yeah. I've got a, a quick technique. Can I, do we have time for me to... Sure, well, do it I want to give you yep. 10 more places where you can put stuff that'll also help you remember numbers, that'll also help your kids with their math. All right. Okay. So here's a list of 10 okay. things. Baseball, baseball bat, swan, butterfly, sailboat, snake, cherry, candy cane, snowman, tennis racket. 
Now, if I asked you to repeat okay. those back, you, you might get a few of them. Some of the, your listeners might get more than others. But now I want to give you a very easy way to remember. I said uh, baseball was, num- was the, the first thing that we're going to do. So the numeric zero looks like a baseball. And you can see zero is a baseball. Number one is baseball bat. So can you turn a number right. one into a baseball bat? In your imagination, you can do that. So zero is a baseball, number one is a baseball bat. Two is a swan. Now, if I were to draw it out for you, yeah, I could see it. The neck but of you the could swan. see the, the neck of the swan and then the line underneath is like where the body of the swan would be. Number three is a butterfly. And so what I do is I make the, the curved parts of the three, the wings of the butterfly, and then I draw some antenna on it and put some little dots in there. Number four is a sailboat. The four part of it itself is the sail, and the upright is the mast of the sail, and then underneath you would draw the sailboat. So number four, you can see the sail and the mast of the sail. Number five, I turn into a snake, and you can see that the curly part of the five is the tail of the snake, and then the upright part is where the, the head and the neck of the snake would be. Six is a cherry. That's an easy one to see because you've got the stem, and then you've got the cherry down below. Seven is another easy one. Seven is a candy cane. So you can see turning a seven into a candy cane. Eight is a snowman. That's my favorite one. And so you can see how an eight, how a snowman could be an eight. And number nine is a tennis racket. So the round part of the nine is where the racket is, and the the long part of the nine is the handle on the tennis racket. So you've got baseball, baseball bat, swan, and then number four, you've got butterfly. Number four is sailboat. Number five is snake. Number six is the cherry. You can see the cherry. Number seven is the candy cane. Number eight is the snowman. Number nine is the tennis racket. Now you've got 10 new places to put things. So if you need to remember, you know, the things that you've got to do on your list. So you've got to remember to call a doctor. First first thing on your list, we're going to connect that to to your zero. Okay, so that's that's where your day starts. So imagine taking that baseball bat and being in the doctor with the baseball. We're going out in the, in the backyard to play catch with the doctor. Bunk it right Bunk off it. Okay. And then the, whatever's next, you can whack it with the bat. And then number two, you can have the swan interacting with whatever is going on there. And then number three, you've got the butterfly. And the butterfly is now connected somehow to whatever that third task you need to remember is. You've got to do something. You've got to make a phone call. Uh, right. So you can see the, the, the uh, butterfly on the phone. Uh, all right. Yep. Here's how you can use it to remember all kinds of numerical information. So we, I talked about helping the kids with their uh, multiplications times tables. So most kids don't struggle with the twos and the fives. And, you know, th- those are the easy ones. And, and usually the threes and the fours are pretty easy, too. But it's when they're into the six, sevens, and eights, and nines. Especially seven, eight, the seven, eights, and nines is where they have their trouble. So... I turn it into a story time because the kids will remember stories way more than they're going to remember some this plus that is this. So my story for eight times eight is 64. Daddy snowman and mommy snowman are eating cherries on a sailboat. And so, and I, I actually make flashcards and I hand draw out flashcards and I can draw out daddy snowman and mommy snowman. And then the six is the cherries and where are they eating those cherries on the sailboat? So eight times eight is 64, yep. mommy snowman, daddy snowman eating cherries on a sailboat. 
Eight times seven is 56. So Daddy Snowman is out walking with his cane, with his candy cane. So eight, seven. Mm -hmm. And he comes along across a snake eating his cherries. And Daddy Snowman gets really mad at that snake eating his cherries. And he takes his candy cane, starts whacking the snake. You ratty snake, you terrible snake, stop eating my cherries. So eight times seven is 56. You turn that into a story for a four-year-old or a five-year-old, easy for them to picture it. It's like a cartoon going on in their head. And that's exactly what I call that technique, cartoon numbers. So, and that can be used on so many different levels from, from adults as well, which is, it makes it fun. I mean, the days, the days are hard and long as caregivers and they don't have to be when we're just adding one more thing to we're supposed to remember and do a mental image string on your finger or putting an elastic band around your wrist. And it doesn't hurt as much. It's more fun. And this is fun <laughs> and funny. And now if I'm allowed to read the thoughts of some of your listeners, some of them will go, well, that's more work than trying to remember it in the first place. No, it's not. See, because this is how your mind works naturally. This is the way you were built. This is the way you were made. Your mind thinks in images and connects things together. It's how you remember everything that you do now. It's just that it happens so fast it's invisible to you in the same way that if you're driving to a new patient's house for the first time or going to a new friend's house for the very first time, you pay close attention to every single landmark on the route. I've got to turn left at yep. that big yellow house. I got to turn right at the, at the, where the big tree is on the corner. After you've been there five or six times, you don't see the yellow house or the big tree anymore. It happens instantly. Yeah, you don't have to rely on Waze or MapQuest or anything else like that, the Google Maps that are going to show you on the car, because you can automatically, they call muscle memory is what they call it, right? And it's really just image memory. It's really it image memory. And what happens is the first time when you're using a, an app to get there, as you're actually in the mm-hmm. process of driving, you're looking around and that's when your mind is going, oh yeah, yellow house on the left, big tree on the right. So the first couple of yeah. times, maybe you still need to use the Waze, but then the next time, you go, oh, yellow house, big tree. The it tenth time you do it, you don't even see the yellow house and the big tree anymore. You're on automatic pilot. Just like how you sometimes will drive home and you don't remember how you got there. Your mind yep. was on automatic yep. pilot. You knew <laughs> I got to go this way. So what's happening is these images, this process of making images and making the connections is happening so fast that it's faster than the speed of thought. You don't have to think about it anymore because it's part of the programming. All I'm doing is slowing the process down so that you can manipulate it. So that instead of it happening haphazardly, it's happening deliberately where it's of service to you. So good. Me too. (laughs) You know what I love is, and you know, before we go, I want to just say something that caught my attention in your last statement. You said that this this memory or the brain or this tool is now of service to you. And as a lasting <laughs> memory, since we're talking about images and memory here, the role of being a caregiver is that we are designed or working to be of service to others. But now it's just it's such a delight to hear that something that we have naturally ingrained into into us is of service to us. And that's just, to me, that's just such a wonderful gift. So thank you. My great pleasure. Hopefully that 
our conversation will have some uh, positive benefits on, on uh, your many listeners. I'm sure it will. Thank you, Matt. Matt DeMeo is the the maestro, maestro method, and he is a memory expert, not from a medical perspective, but from, I call it a habitual perspective. So <laughs> the habitual memory, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I think it's a pretty good thing. And I just want to say thank you, Matt. It has been a delight to get to know you. And Next time I go to the grocery store, I'm going to not write things down and I'm going to use the butterfly, snake, <laughs> snowman method. <you> know? <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye, Thanks again everybody. for joining us. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021 Caremanity LLC.